Hey piddle piddle, hey piddle piddle piddle, hey piddle piddle, yo ho ho, ho ho, Christmas two fifty podcast, hey piddle piddle piddle, yo. Ho ho ho! Hello and welcome to the two fifty, your weekly podcast. It's looking- not actually the way you laugh, is it? <laughs> Never mind. Um, but yes, so hello and welcome to the two fifties third Christmas special. Of 29, uh, 20, well, the first Christmas special 2020, I suppose, actually. So technically, this is a new one. Yeah, it's still the Christmas season. You, there's, some people have thrown out their Christmas trees, but not all. Some people are waiting for the the, the Feast of the Epiphany. All our, 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 our Spanish listeners, our Catalan listeners, are, are waiting to, to beat the uh, Tio de Caga, the... Um, the, the, the sh- oh, oh, oh! Log. Of um of 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 Christmas tradition, um and and for that reason, do I we, have to bleep that? Um, n- n- which part? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the, that's what it means. It's oh, a, okay. it's a it's a oh, oh, oh. log or a Christmas log. Oh, okay, where the, okay. the, the 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 children children feed a log uh, sweets, and then oh no wait hold on that's for the twenty fourth of December. I beg your pardon. But the the the, the, the um, I I I've been throwing that into a lot of um, uh, Christmas meal discussions. Where it's like, yeah, but let's talk about. Oh oh oh! Um, yeah. So uh, they, they 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 feed they feed a log a whole lot of sweets, and then on the twenty fourth, they 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 put a kind of a shroud over it and beat it, and they sing a song. They're like kind of. Um, forget how the song goes but it's something along the lines of um um christmas log christmas log um we feed you sweets we beat you oh, oh, oh. out the sweets or we'll beat you more um christmas okay log. so i do have to beat it I, I was wondering if that was maybe like a no it's a, what the children sing <laughs> like the, 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 the it's um perfectly g-rated it's culturally insensitive if you bleep it that, that, thanks andrew um yes it is also eastern orthodox christmas is coming next week as well and, and you know little christmas is ahead of us is, so technically is upon us <laughs> We're out of Hanukkah, um, and Kwanzaa's already passed. But no, so yes, we are here to discuss one of the latest new entries on the IMDb 250, Netflix's and Sergio Pablos's animated Klaus, a Christmas origin story. Klaus. <laughs> starring J.K. Simmons and Jason Schwartzman, uh, looking at the origin of one of the most iconic... Sergio Pablos. One of the most... I- Pablos. Pablos, um, who is... Uh, Best known, actually, he's he's an animator. He worked at Disney. He worked at Disney during the Renaissance. He would have worked on Aladdin, which we'll be covering in a few weeks. He worked on The Hunchback of Notre Dame. He worked on Hercules. He also famously was responsible for developing the concept of uh, Despicable Me. Although when he developed it, he noted that he, he only came up with the idea of Gru and the three girls. Somebody else came up with the idea of Minions. So he remarks that he's actually had to learn to draw Minions now. So when people come up and ask him to do some art for Despicable Me. He came up with the least least popular aspects. <laughs> <laughs> of the Despicable Me franchise. But yeah, I kind of love that he's like, yeah, I had to learn how to draw Minions. Um, because when people ask me for art from Despicable Me and I drew Gru and the three kids, they were like, what the hell is this? Who are uh, these kids? Yeah. And what's that tall man doing there? I want Minions. Um, but yes, so Sergio Pablos, who founded an art studio about 15 years ago uh, in Spain, SPA. They've been working. Spain? 
Bringing it back. <laughs> yes, full circle. Uh, but yes, this is an animated production. It's produced by SPA, which is uh, Sergio Pavlos's association. Um, but his, uh, I, that's not actually what it stands for, but it is his art studio. They've been doing a variety of kind of work over the past couple of years to keep themselves above water. Uh, they've been doing advertisements, um, little inter- uh, interstitials and stuff like that as well. But they've been developing feature films um, for quite a while. They spent 15 years trying to get a feature film made. Um, <laughs> you said like they were working away at things. It's like they're making they're making movies, shorts, you know, to keep the wolves from the door. No, they didn't. They haven't actually made movies. This is the first movie they've ah, made. They've been trying to make a movie. They've for been 15, trying for I fifteen see. years, and then been keeping the lights on by doing working advertising and stuff like that, and shorts and kind of interstitials and various other things like that. This is an interesting one um, because it is basically it's their first feature length animated film. It's Netflix's first feature length animated film as well um and it is part of netflix's war on christmas yeah oh wow part of netflix well first uh traditionally 2d animated film it's like (laughs) all the qualifiers (laughs) this is a significant milestone in the history of of cinema (laughs) thank you andrew and of home entertainment And of Christmas, Andrew. And of Christmas. Yeah. Um, it's also notably part of Netflix. This is the first Christmas movie we've <laughs> spoken about this year. Yes. Yes, it is. Welcome to 2020. Um, and it's also part of Netflix's War on Christmas, which is very different from the other kind of War on Christmas that generates a lot more press. Netflix have, when we talked about this before, Netflix are trying to be all things to all people. In the past year... Netflix have decided that they want to take on Hallmark and Lifetime. And so have opened up this kind of broad pantheon of Christmas movies. They've been doing like low budget Christmas schlock, like uh, A Night Before Christmas, spelt with a K. The A Christmas Prince saga. The A Christmas Switch saga, starring Vanessa is Hudgens, it, for is example. It, is it a, 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 a night, the, night, the Night Before Christmas and is Christmas also spelt with a K? Like, no, is this more, Mortal Kombat rules? No, <laughs> unfortunately not. Um, and also, uh, notably... You can only have two Ks. <laughs> never more. No. Uh, or or four. Yeah, that's a, yeah, you can have two more. You can never have one more. Uh, but also, um, they, they did The Christmas Chronicles uh, the year before last, starring Kurt Russell as Santa. Yes. As I, your I, badass, I believe the term is Dilf, your Dilf Santa. Or Sylph, if you will. Um... <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I love that I've uh, actually got Andrew processing. This is a rare accomplishment. It's like that. I that I'd like to from that. I'd like to get. It's okay. It's okay. Presents from. Oh, yeah. Um. But yes. So Netflix had basically because they're they realized they long had a back catalog of Disney uh, animated films in their kind of in their U.S. By the way, that 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 whole um thing of of having it like um mom and uh, the, the whole i'd like to like the whole well, ilf thing yeah yes. yeah yeah, yeah. But not it, elf like, to be clear ilf. yeah why why what, why it, it's 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 weird it is um it's 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 weird that you're making reference to them being a a, 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 parent. a, a parent or santa <laughs> yeah 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 what, what what's What's wrong with good old fashioned kind of age related, <laughs> age appropriate? Um, yeah. But yes, we also uh, we, we 
yeah it's 2020 and we're going to continue celebrating kind of uh, family films with very blue discussions it turns out yeah. but yes so netflix have been kind of because netflix have traditionally housed disney animated films and disney's obviously pulling all those back to put them on disney plus netflix have been trying to look at things that were <laughs> it's it, it, for these kind of problems are uh, great great if you're netflix it's like oh no uh, Disney are going to pull all their animated films. What are we going to do? Let's spend billions <laughs> just <laughs> producing our, our own. own. Yeah, yeah. And it's great because, again, it, it, as has been pointed out, it all, it's all wonderfully <laughs> algorithmic as well. So it all feeds into one another. So it's like if you liked Vanessa Hudkins in a Christmas switch, you might also like her in Polar. Nobody likes her in Polar. Or if you liked Ali Wong in our sort of like Summer of Love season with um, Always Be My Maybe, maybe you'll like her stand-up comedy special or her in The Adventures of Tuca and Bertie. It's all kind of designed to feed into one another and to keep you sitting on the couch as long as possible. The idea is that these movies don't Make necessarily... these people Netflix big. <laughs> That's it. Like Norm MacDonald. Yes, who also appears here. Yeah. Norm MacDonald features in Klaus. And again, it's another example of that kind of Netflix interlocking. I love the idea that, you know, afterwards kids will get a recommendation for Norm MacDonald has a show. (laughs) Yeah. And I think he has a stand-up special as well, also on Netflix. They they Um, are in the Norm MacDonald business. His Norm MacDonald show, um, which was was at one point kind of undisclosed Norm MacDonald Netflix project. Andrew is our Norm Macdonald expert on the podcast. Well, no, I, 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 I did actually quite like him in this. The, 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 but um, when he's doing his show, he's like, can you believe all this money we've got? <laughs> yes, I believe they have a vending machine just because they can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just um, take all the drinks you like from that vending machine. <laughs> it's free. Um, but yeah, so to give an example. So this year they had Holiday in the Wild on November 1st. Christmas Prince, the Royal Baby on December 5th. They had Nailed It, the Great British Baking Show Christmas Special, Alexa and Katie Christmas Special, Bojack Horseman Christmas Special, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Christmas what, Special what as well. They, what are they legally allowed to call, to call that uh, Nailed It Christmas Special without, it. Without, without, without being sued? <laughs> um, the, the Great British Baking Show as well. Not the Great, the Great British Bake Off, The Great British Baking Show. They could have called it a bake down. <laughs> oh, okay, that... See, this is why. Why aren't we working at Netflix, Andrew? It's why a- aren't we working at Netflix? <laughs> we could we could have produced Soft Pass, um, uh, Knock Knock Knock, maybe a movie about tonsils, just anything <laughs> with body horror. <laughs> And um, but have like a Christmas body horror. Oh, and they were tapped right in the market because obviously this is you know Netflix's War on Christmas is the kind of sequel to their Summer of Love, where they produced a whole bunch of romantic comedies as well earlier in 2018. And it's worth noting that they are getting into the animation game as well. They'll be. I pre- like I like that you're trying to characterize um, Netflix's kind of uh, movies as 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 if they're not just. Making every movie. <laughs> That's fair. That is very fair. Well, did you see their announcement last night? Right How before much we recorded did they this spend podcast? in 2019 on making movies? Um, the like, original content was in... budget was something like $1.4 billion a month. Yeah. It's incredible. It, yeah. It's crazy. $16 billion, I think, over the course of the year, roughly. It's also worth noting that uh, last night, as we recorded this, and we'll include it in the show notes, <laughs> the Netflix Twitter account went a bit wild and listed something, I think, like 26 movies coming up this year, including new movies from like directors like D. Reese, but also David Fincher's latest movie as well will be coming to Netflix, starring Gary Oldman about the making of Citizen Kane. Ah, 
Um, yep. So it's 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 again. This is like Netflix are making There's all of the. There's been a lot of Orson Welles stuff, though, hasn't there? Uh, yes, they did the other side, The Wind, as well, and they did the documentary. Yeah, but even like generally, Link Linklater did an Orson Welles movie, and well, there was one with Zac Efron as well. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, yeah, that's that, that's, that's the Linklater. one. Yeah. That was Linklater. Um, but it's also worth noting Netflix are also trying to break into the animation game to fill that Disney gap. They've signed a new deal with Nickelodeon, and they've got a slate of stuff coming up, including Guillermo del Toro's stop motion Pinocchio which may not star Roberto Benigni. Um, Jacob and the Sea Beast, uh, which is from Moana and Big Hero 6 co-director Chris Williams. And Wendell and Wilde from... What was that last one? Uh, Jacob and the Sea Beast. The Sea Beast. Yeah. Um, and Wendell and Wilde, which is from uh, writer-director Henry Selick, who did uh, Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas and kind of got screwed over in the branding on that. He also did Cor- uh, Coraline as well, Coraline. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I saw, I saw Coraline in um, what do you call it when it when it's coming at you? Three D. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, and actually worked quite well. One of the rare movies that worked relatively well in there. But yes, you know, it's, it's weird because like um, the ordinary three dimensional kind of um, experience, like you and I now in this room. There, you 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 tend to respect my personal Boundaries. space. I don't tend to jump right at you in the middle of a podcast. It's also worth noting that again, Netflix's Christmas content has reportedly been very very popular. The Netflix Twitter account got into a bit of trouble last year when they tweeted out uh, to the fifty three users who have watched a Christmas Prince eighteen days in a row, who hurt you? And they got in trouble for that. Yeah. I, I feel like I should say snowflakes, but I worry that that bit of wordplay would, would make me seem like a terrible person. Yeah. Yeah. Is the person identified worried that that's enough to... <laughs> um, the 53 people. To reveal them. Yeah, to give them a way to expose them. But yeah, no, so it is, it is a, an interesting sort of system that we have. And that brings us to Klaus. Basically, uh, Sergio Pat- not Indian server farms, by the way, <laughs> kind of um, just playing things on Netflix <laughs> for algorithmic purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to generate to, fresh content. Yeah, no, or, but specifically to get the person who made the movie um, uh, to have another project on Netflix. That that's it exactly. Yeah, because it's it's very. Oh, I love the idea that Ali Wong has paid for like this big Indian server farm to keep refreshing. Always be my maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we could do that. We could take all the money that we made from this podcast and put it into um, new listeners. Yeah. Um, I love that. It's kind of cultivating new listeners. It is also worth noting, though, that again, apparently uh, Klaus has been relatively successful for Netflix. 30 million viewers in its first month, which doesn't quite compare to The Irishman's 28 million in its first week, uh, but is still quite impressive as well. Um, wow. It is worth noting that uh, when Pablos was developing Klaus, and we'll talk a little bit about the story ideas behind it as well, But he found that when he was pitching it, he had two big problems. The first one was that he was pitching a conventional two-dimensional animated film, which he pitched around all the major studios in Hollywood. And all of them were a bit wary of that because, you know, the the consensus is that after the failure of The Princess of the Frog about 10 years ago, kids don't really want conventional hand-drawn two-dimensional animation anymore. They want something 3D and they want sort of like computer models, something like Pixar, something like DreamWorks. But he found that he was able to occasionally get past that in pitch meetings. And what he found was the real problem in pitching Klaus was that apparently studios didn't want to do Christmas movies anymore. Um, And he found the reason that was, and don't worry, this isn't any any sort of like cultural panic or kind of culture war thing at all. The reason was because Disney has such a vice grip on the Christmas box office that 
as far as studios were concerned, if they were releasing something like Klaus, they'd be putting it into cinemas opposite something like, say, Frozen 2, for example, or the latest Star Wars film, and it would just get steamrolled. So he was very there excited. Quite a lot of good movies out at the moment. No. Or well, as as in there 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 are some good movies, and then there are some uh, huge movies that, <laughs> yes, that that that, that, are that kind of people want to see anyway. Yeah. Um. And and that, that sort of thing as well. That was a problem for them as well. But he found well, out. Like he... I I saw, I saw two good movies in the last twenty four hours, for Ooh. example. One one on Netflix and one in the cinema, which is quite good. Again, this is the thing. And where... and in the last forty eight hours, I've seen <laughs> one terrible movie, <laughs> two good movies. But more on that later. Um, but yes, so let's talk a little bit about Klaus. So before we jump into the spoiler zone, three basic questions to get us started. So Andrew, they're so basic. <laughs> do you think that Klaus belongs on a list of the two hundred and fifty greatest movies ever made? Um no, no, but but it's going to seem like like I didn't like it. I I I did I did quite like it, but um no, I'd be I'd be I might be I might be reluctant to um, but it's great. Yeah, it's it's um it's it's um it's a it's a good movie. So that I don't know what 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 makes a movie. You you would think after so many of these that I, that I would have kind of like a specific criteria for deciding whether it gets on or not. But um, I'm I'm tending to say no. Now I've just watched it. Yeah, you maybe with a bit of perspective might um might might have your own opinion of it. Um, what do you think, Darren? Does, does, kind of does this belong on the on the top two hundred and fifty movies? Because you shift your hand and reveal that you kind of like it, I feel like it's my duty to admit that uh, I maybe didn't like it that much. I love the animation. I think the animation's outstanding. I think it's really great to see another two dimensional film out there. I think it's good to see that style coming back. I think it's absolutely beautiful. I just really did not care for the. F- film itself the story being told and the way in which it was told as well but that's okay because i'm a cold-hearted human being with no emotional core or feeling in my being at all and um, we'll probably talk a bit more about that kind of when we get into the spoiler zone well i mean the, this wasn't the, i i don't think this actually pulled at the um like the, the this isn't the most definitive proof that you're a robot and a monster i i i because i i i don't know it that this movie pulled at the heartstrings kind of as much as 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 something like um coco although actually coco didn't um didn't kind of affect me as much as it affected i guess graham but um like inside out and up um, well, those those did affect me, to be fair. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- those those are those are better examples of yeah. of of uh, just because this is an animated movie doesn't it doesn't mean that it's kind of um, heartbreaking. And I don't think it it's I don't think it uh, goes out of its way to try either. I I think it has its poignant moments, but it I I don't think it's um, it's doing. Are trying to do the same as uh, as those movies, certainly not to the same extent. So I, the, the, I mean, the jury is not out. You are, 
<laughs> still in inhuman slash robot status. Yeah, but I but I don't think that it, it, like we can't convict you twice of the same crime. Uh, it's double jeopardy. Th- th- thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Case closed, Your Honor. Um, what? A, yeah. Um, if you were to make an argument for this being on the two fifty, maybe the fact that it's it's two D animation that's relatively rare. Although obviously the the Ghibli movies are on there. Tons of two D animation. Yeah, we have indeed. Yeah. Um, and maybe even like the fact that it, it is innovative, and we'll talk about it being innovative in technical terms, in terms of its rendering of light and shadow. And like I mean, it's almost kind of a, a pseudo 3D effect. Frozen which is very 2 has for- a 3D version, but like I'm never going to see that 3D version. If I if I were told I, uh, the, that Frozen 2 is on the 250 and I need to see it, which is a kind of a standard conversation. <laughs> Andrew's phone goes off, he looks at it and he uh, sighs. No. <laughs> make it stop yeah yeah just uh but but yeah if 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 i had to go see that i would i wouldn't get a, a, a 3d ticket unless i was told <laughs> 3D ticket. in it's which very case much- i will <laughs> sheepishly <laughs> it's very much it's we've reached the point where it's more like mission impossible where andrew's sitting down and all of a sudden that you know the oh the, the in-flight movie starts playing and it's like oh by the way you're watching frozen 2 um and your brain will self-destruct in three seconds but no um and I mean, if you were making an argument in terms of its use of 3D, like, and again, when I say 3D, I don't mean like eye popping coming at you 3D. I mean, the use of shading and lighting within the 2D animation, the use of shadow, for example. Yeah. And texture is, is remarkable. I think that like technically it's an astounding piece of work. I, I, I'm surprised though that you that that that's all you see in it. I found I found this tremendously funny. Um, I thought it was, I, I, I think this is a lot funnier than most kind of um then a lot of animated movies that i'm kind of familiar with and not 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 in a kind of a because a lot of a lot of movies are uh, a lot of these movies are kind of fun like jolly kind of bouncing around it's like oh i really like this kind of and 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 this movie has some of that but but it but it's also kind of um um i don't know it felt it 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 felt like some of the humor was kind of um uh, well, I struggle to say grown up, but uh, but uh, but uh, but uh, but I but I felt like the delivery was very good on on um on some of the jokes. Um, I I I enjoyed it kind of, and 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 not because of the the animation. Like I I can I can sort of take or leave um uh beautiful kind of an, an animated <laughs> animated pictures. I can appreciate it, yeah. but it it's it it's more kind of like what um what what's the, happening we, beneath it exactly yeah yeah like for example we we watched i think it was um it, w- it wasn't a book of kells was it no it was song of the sea yeah and i thought the animation on that was fantastic and beautiful but but the movie kind of underwhelmed me um so did I, I I like this a lot. You but mean the but Kenny it, set sort of fantasy, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, but <laughs> um, I like this a lot, but not not um, not because of the animation. I think the animation helped, and I enjoyed the animation. I thought I thought it looked beautiful, and I liked um, I liked all of that. But no, I I, I was more um, was I, I was more kind of just impressed by the kind of. Um, uh, content of it not enough for it to be on the <laughs> top too. 250 movies of all time but i'm glad it came in because yeah. the, the, this is this is a nice movie that i can recommend jumping forward a little <laughs> bit um okay well to, to that i'd say and i, I suspect it's going to be an interesting and possibly contentious episode i really didn't like um the kind of the 
the attitude in inverted commas in the movie. It felt for me, and again, this is probably something to talk about when we get to the spore zone, but it felt very much like a lot of children's entertainment these days is wary of being sincere or earnest, even when it's dealing with subject matter that perhaps lends itself to earnestness, in which it inevitably steers towards earnestness. Um, and and there's a sense of kind of cynicism and wry kind of like smart aleckiness about this movie in particular, but a lot of entertainment that tends to be ended, aimed towards children these days. That and again, this is where Darren is is kind of grumpy and old fashioned. You know, I'm, you know, I like my movies a particular way. Maybe I'm very set in my ways. This is the thing where when we talk about indie movies and we're like, what was the favorite indie movie we covered? And you're like, I love Dangal, and I'm like, yeah, but Once Upon a Time in India reminded me of all those kind of classic '60s movies. So obviously that's better. Um, but there is an element of that that here where this feels, it feels like it's trying to be a little bit kind of edgy and kind of like have a little bit of bite to it that i don't think fits entirely with the material you, and you, where it's leaning towards. you don't think it's possible that people like making those sorts of things more than um say something like the lion king because like i i if i if i were going to make a an animated movie i would i would find it very um i guess uh boring um as as an adult to yeah. to to create something so kind of um i'm going to actually it's good i'm not on twitter but to create something <laughs> as uh, kind of like saccharine and childish as 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 lion king and i understand that it's for kids but i i think you you do, you, you don't you don't maybe give kids enough credit when no, no, that, when, when you when when you just kind of um like and i know you're an adult who loves sweets yes but yes. <laughs> um uh, so maybe I'm kind of. Um, I don't think. By the way, I don't. I, I don't think this will be that contentious. Okay. I I like because I I I don't I don't have that strong kind of an opinion on. But it's possible that you might draw something out of me just because I disagree with you <laughs> so strongly and refuse to concede. Um. Yeah. Now, to be fair, to to give me some credit, like I'm not. It's not like I am particularly kind of stuck in the mud. Like the Lego movie is one of my favorite movies of the past decade, for example. And that's a very hip, very smart, very playful, very self-aware. Lego Batman especially. Uh, Yeah. Well, I I wasn't a huge fan of Lego Batman. I thought it was grand. No, but that was very... Oh, self-aware and very kind of like, yeah, we're making a movie. But even like, yeah, the Lego movies and stuff like that, which I love, um, that sort of stuff. So I'm not like inherently opposed to children's movies being smart or having inverted commas and attitude it's just that i i found it a bit dissonant here in what it was doing in like an origin story of santa that hinges on you know was, to a certain was that extent. what it was <laughs> um the, well we'll talk about that in the spoiler zone all right then second question would it make your own personal 250 andrew would it make my own personal um 250 no no probably not no no yeah but, I, um and they like it's and 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 both both of those questions like they they should be quite high bars to kind of pass yeah. and just because it's not on mine doesn't mean that it it's that it shouldn't movie. be on somebody yeah. else's just like kind of like we sp- spoke about um was it the princess and the frog yes yeah um like that movie is beloved by so many uh, people it wouldn't be on very many people's 250s yeah. but it but it but it would be on um some people's yeah so and yeah like i'm not i'm um, I'm not the market for this movie, and I'm I'm actually I'm I'm glad that it's on the two fifty because it's not, um, I guess, um, I mean it's probably closer to the audience, um, the users of uh, the two fifty, um, in in terms of the kind of 
kids movie it is yeah which is maybe maybe why i enjoyed it i think i think you have an overriding kind of a problem against this sort of movie what in 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 your defense you've said that there are examples of this type of movie that you like so yeah but um um, i don't know i i i i i think sometimes you have a a tendency to kind of recognize patterns and then to like oh i've written about that (laughs) (laughs) i can apply this opinion to that thing (laughs) It's so much easier than coming yeah. up with a fresh opinion. It's just like, recycled. So it's like through my little opinion Rolodex. It's that's like... a very unfair accusation to, to level at you. But in, in fairness, you do have... you you, you have Rolodex a... in my yeah, head. Yeah. It's, like... it's not like you have very few opinions. <laughs> it's actually... The Rolodex is like cross-referenced with the uh, the big warehouse I keep at back. It's incredible. <laughs> um, check out the big brain on Brett. Uh, but yes, so... Yeah, it wouldn't be on my own personal 250 either. And then final question, which will take us into the war zone. Andrew, would you recommend that people watch this movie? I would. Um, and it's, um, I think, um, at time of recording, what is it? It's the 4th of, of January. January. So By time of release, it'll be the 5th of January, at least. Yeah. <laughs> So you have you have you 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 need you you, you need Get to watch it. this immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like you can you can wait until tomorrow um, <laughs> to 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 listen to the rest of this podcast. But you need to you need to you need to watch this. Can people still watch this on the sixth? That's a question. Is is it a hard boundary? Is it midnight of between the fifth and sixth, or midnight? I think I think this. I, I think you have all of the sixth to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, you can you can't continue on to the seventh. Um. Um, <laughs> unless you have an extension from Santa Claus, which you need to write a letter, um, re- and it's quite late. I'm not sure the post runs on on Sunday. Now they do yeah. hard cut. They do I, hard cut off for letters to Santa. Actually. You do write. You, you do write a letter to Santa, but actually Santa isn't the one who decides. It's it's the um it's the Christmas convener. It's, um, a, it's a high high ranking post of, in the Elf Nation, I believe. Yeah. By the way, we'll we'll sorry. we'll be getting into all of this later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I I would um in terms of would recommend, you recommend would it? I recommend it? Yes. In terms of recommendation, I would say maybe. I mean, I would probably recommend leaving it on in the background with the sound off because it looks absolutely stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. The artwork reminds me a lot of, say, the work that was done on 50s Disney movies. Uh, I'm thinking particularly of, say, Snow White um, and of kind of, uh, what do we call it? It is Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, those kind of films. Pinocchio? Uh, Not really Pinocchio. Pinocchio is more of a 40s film and it doesn't have that same sort of edge. What I'm thinking here is things like, say, lines. There's a lot of hard lines. There's a lot of jags. There's a lot of angles in them as well. There's lots of layering of the background as well. And it kind of it, it is just absolutely beautiful. It's it's wonderful to look at. It's rich. Even the characters are are wonderfully expressive and dynamic and in the way that cartoon characters can be. It is absolutely beautiful to look at. It just I, the the movie itself didn't click with me, I'm afraid to say. And uh How I mean, many has, times have you seen this? Twice. Twice. Okay. Yes. I saw it before Christmas um, when it was coming out on Netflix for the first time. And then I rewatched it because this, it, it, I'm going to be honest. I'm normally a person who's like, hey, I know what's coming on to the 250. I'm keeping an eye on this. So currently I'm watching like 1917 and Little Women as potential kind of 250 movies at the moment. I'm watching. You really the think Little like, Women will? I, I hope Little Women will. Like yeah, it. I would like to see it on because yeah. I'd really like to see it. And of course, I can't <laughs> see it if it doesn't get on to 250. I'm uh, locked inside this house and I only get fed movies that are, that are on the 250. Send help, ladies and gentlemen, send help. But yeah, no, like I, I typically 
kind of watch movies that I expect are going to be on the 250. This one caught me entirely by surprise. I was very much surprised when this appeared. I think I text you out of nowhere um, and said, hey, Klaus is on, by the way. Like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> new number, a new phone. Uh, but yes, so would I recommend that you watch it? Maybe with the sound off, which sounds really Why? mean. Like, the... Okay, we'll, we'll you, get into you, you really, You really hate this that much. I really dislike the movie's attitude. It, it's, it feels like a movie that wears a baseball cap backwards to me. That's probably the best way to describe it. No, no like, like this, this There's is, a this montage set to the heavy. Oh yeah, there, there, there's, there's that. But that, that, like, how, how, how? I don't, I don't know how pervasive that is. I, I, I feel like that, that's, that's a bit of, that was an interesting choice because it was kind of pivoting towards something like which, which, which animated movies do these days, like the likes of Madagascar. Yeah, kind of um, have um, have that sort of energy about them. And by the way, kids love it. Um, (laughs) It's gonna be great. That, thank you, Andrew. And, and we're now developing a kids' film for Netflix. It's going to have lots of montage set to pop music. No, I mean, like, it, it's... You're going to need to get positive, Guy, because we're trying to push this movie, okay? Uh, by you the think way... you can get behind talking about how this movie is great? No. I knew we never should have brought on this Netflix a free, as a sponsor. This is a free country, and you can, you can believe, uh, a say, a right, whatever you want in private. <laughs> Uh, by the way, the, the Sleeping Beauty artist I was thinking of was uh, Evan Earl, by the way. It's his artwork that I was thinking of that was kind of, that this movie reminded me of. Ah. Anyway, so with that in mind... You then, were looking up yourself, were you? <laughs> I was looking up myself, my own notes. Um, all right, and that, with that in mind, we'll join you on the other side of the Spoiler Zone. Yeah, why you had to go and mess with the postman? Don't you know you should mess with the postman? That's what you get when you mess with the postman. Spoiler zone! Is that how you say spoiler zone? <laughs> I don't know. How would you say it in this movie? We would kind of like... Um, how, would, how does J.K. Simmons sound? Um, they'd, probably, they'd probably say something like, I don't spoil movies. Not anymore. Yeah. While staring into middle distance in a dark workshop full of eerie children's toys, because this is a serious movie. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 that's kind of just the. Um, it feels like that is just the sort of that's a that's a kind of a Christmas movie trope, or maybe a kids movie trope, where you have um, the 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 scary uh, man or the scary woman in um, in the woods who in, turns out to be a good person yeah like in Home Alone Home Alone one and two yeah um where um and then he turns up and um saves and, the day uh, smacks someone with a with a uh, uh, oh spoilers we're in the <laughs> we spoiler are in the zone. zone for all movies yeah. so Andrew what is Klaus about for you it's a um I'll, I'll I'll it's 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 some kind of um it's a post apocalyptic um story about um a post service junta um <laughs> that has taken control 
of a uh, of a of a country and uh, a country or an oh it is the country yes it is, it is a they country seem to run yeah everything. yeah exactly um and um we open a post postman boot camp which yeah, is very, it, very militaristic. It's very much propaganda for that, but it's a smart propaganda because it gives the point of view of kind of the the in, entitlement and um, kind of decadence of of this system. But the, but the movie oh, the is 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 actually a um, a redemption story um, for the post service. I think <laughs> played by Jesper. It is worth noting that uh, the origin. What is actually <laughs> what's going on in this country? Why? Why? <laughs> why? Why is it? That, why does the postal service hold so much power? That like the only official the postmaster <laughs> general is the 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 I like am the government. Like it, it's it's like they they they've this happens <laughs> in in certain kind of branches of government where where the executive um say uh takes uh something close to absolute uh power and um and diminishes the the legislature and the the judiciary but in in the normally normally that's like a a uh what is it a a, a what do you call it a, a, um i was about to say tricameral it's a bicameral legislature but the, the, sorry um i'm i'm getting off topic where um where you you might you might have a little kind of a a, a, a postscript like to the constitution. It's like oh yeah, also there's a po- postal service, but but you've taken that and elevated it uh, prog- progressively, kind of over years. It didn't just ha- it didn't happen overnight. But the postal service grew so fast that we didn't even realize. This is how the postal service takes over with uh, to the sound of applause. <laughs> and... <laughs> this is how democracy dies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it is worth noting as well that yeah, on the island of Smearensburg, the only government official who appears to work there is the postal service. Right. Um, is the postal service representative? Like, well, there's it's no the center of there's uh, there's no mayor, there's no city ordinance, there's no government, there's nothing. There's just the post office. It's a lot like Ireland, really, because you remember from doing geography that the the center of a town and where you measure a town from is is the the, the post office, the GPO, yeah, or, or the GPO in the case of Dublin. Yeah. Um, like that's not the case in, in other countries. <laughs> Like I, 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 um, I, I, I like because I lived in London, and I believe it was kind of uh, Trafalgar Square or Charing Cross that 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 marks the the. Now, to be fair, center. there are very historical reasons why the GPO is a central landmark in Dublin, less related to the fact that they do. Postage. But every town in Ireland, fair point is, as well, is, is, the, the is also based on the post office. Yeah, where no, 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 but it, but it, but it, it's like you you remember from junior search geography. That's how you you mark where a town is. Is the post office? Yeah, ah. um, you get your little um, uh, thumbtack cur- 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 curvimeter, <laughs> as they say in America. The um, oscillometer is that what it is? Oh, and measure the distance. Yeah, um, but yes. So, in terms of origins of Klaus, the origin story of this origin story is that apparently, um, what happened is around about. What's the movie about for you? We've already talked a lot about production. Yeah, the movie the movie for me is an attempt to do a Christmas origin story, which makes a great deal of sense, given that origin stories are, are all the rage in pop culture, largely as a result of the emergence of the superhero boom. So, like, now every character needs an origin story or a background explaining, in the words of Bob Kane, 
who they are and how they came to be, although that was probably more Bill Finger than Bob Kane, but we won't get into that here. The the discussion that, like, as a result of the emergence of movies like, say, Iron Man or Batman Begins, Batman Begins was a specific influence on this. Um, Pablos has talked about how he went to see Batman Begins in 2005 and immediately began wondering if he could use animation to tell the origin story of a variety of historical figures, including Napoleon, uh, before eventually settling on Santa Claus. And, you know, you have, like, other examples of that, like, they're working on a John McClane origin story, like, for the past couple of years, ignoring the fact that Die Hard is the John McClane origin story. Right. Or the fact that you have Solo, which is an origin story for Han Solo, ignoring the fact that everything you need to know about Han Solo, you know in the original Star Wars, and therefore Solo is completely redundant as well. Here you have an attempt to apply yeah, that. Well, every Star Wars movie is just a retelling of some other Star Wars movie. That's a fair point. That's a fair like, point. like the yeah, it's like the the plot of Solo is that he's what is he sort of like disengaged, but is, <laughs> but he still has a heart. Yeah, yeah he pretends yeah. not to have a heart, but he and really does have a heart. Yeah, he tries to be kind of like the the this aloof. kind of mercenary aloof, and and then is drawn into caring about things and being a hero. Yeah like every other Star Wars movie starring Han Solo. And again, like that that sort of thing is, is there as well. But I mean, even You've if... You've got a Sith Lord. <laughs> Pretty good Sith Lord. <laughs> he, he feels a sense of loneliness and wants to have an apprentice until his apprentice turns on him and kills him. Um, but not before he ruins his life. <laughs> Join us this summer for Sith Happens. Um, but yes, uh, like in terms of kind of like that, that's what the movie feels like. It feels very much like an attempt to apply that origin story mechanic to Santa Claus. So you get this whole host of things like, oh, well, uh, how did Santa Claus come to be? Oh, well, he was obviously manufactured by the post office. Why are you taking that letters. tone, Darren? Or, you know, why does Santa Claus wear red? Oh, because the, the Samu people Darren, dressed him in it. Or just, just taking that tone <laughs> doesn't oh, make something stupid. Why? Do, what? That's... Why does Santa Claus fly? Because, oh, a bunch of kids looked out a window one night and they saw him on a sled pulled by reindeer after he jumped off a cliff. It's like that sort of thing. It's it's explaining things that don't necessarily need that sort of level of detailed explanation. It's like, oh, what does Joker want? Oh, Joker just wants to see the world burn. That, that, thank you, Andrew. But OK, no, no, I'm like, I'm not. I'm not against the idea of doing a Santa Claus origin story. I think that there's a way to do it. I'm actually relatively fond of The Christmas Chronicles, which is the other big Santa Claus movie that Netflix did. It's not an origin story, but it's the one starring Kurt Russell. Um, you know, so I don't have, like, an ideological objection to this. It's just that the movie feels so calculated, so, like, everything in it is is designed and reverse engineered and it, it's very much along the lines of so like what about his elves oh well they're they're the sammy people it turns out they're actually because they just wear bright colors and they come in and they do his workshop and stuff like that they're very well, tall <laughs> <laughs> what why does he give toys to kids and it's like well let's reverse engineer that and make him a widower who could not conceive children with his wife weak seed <laughs> but um, yeah, he obviously had too much soy uh, unfortunately yeah um up, yeah, up yeah. on the island of smearensburg which by the way is named for the real island of smearensburg they just added an s to distinguish it but that's that sort of stuff in there as well it all feels very calculated very mechanical very reverse engineered um and it, it doesn't necessarily feel like a story that that kind of longs to be told so much as one that has been kind of retroactively designed and it, it just, it doesn't really kind of work for me in that sense. And it's a shame because there's... A well, the, the whole Christmas um, 
like mythology is 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 weird anyway yes. and and why, why like i i don't feel um th- this doesn't seem kind of unwarranted yeah no. you can just make up stuff <laughs> about uh about santa claus i mean santa claus is furious obviously but but it's it it's, it's, it's elf lawyers are all over uh, this. the precedent is that um uh, uh San, San, santa claus these kind of cases have been thrown out of court because the uh, ju- the judicial system does not believe in Santa Claus. I mean, Miracle well, on Eighty Fourth yeah. Street. Have you seen Miracle on Eighty Fourth Street? I have it's not also seen. Great. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> it's fifty times better. Is yeah, it? yeah. Um, but yeah. no, it's just plus fifty times better. <laughs> That's fair, um, Darren. Where did you learn maths? Um, and, and that sort of thing comes to it as well. And it kind of I'm a fish salesperson. <laughs> yeah. And and that that's the thing that really kind of gets me about the movie is that like you you said before you got to the war zone that it's not a movie that necessarily wants to pull heartstrings. Um, I don't think that's entirely. I mean, it does a bit. Yeah, that's it exactly. I think that it's very clearly aiming for a feel good, life affirmative sort of like genuinely moving kind of story. Like that sequence where Santa Claus, and again, this is the most weird, gritty reboot of Santa Claus you can imagine. Santa Claus It's not stands... the most weird, gritty reboot of Santa Claus <laughs> okay, you fair, can imagine because there have been many more grittier, um, like, like this isn't, this isn't fully um, stepping into the, the kind of like, Okay, this this Santa Claus like no <laughs> whoa okay. no no that is not what this is like the it it's it's it it has like kind of like a it it is true that it has um a bit of a bit of an edge a, a bit of a smirk you've you've you you've heard about um uh, Santa Claus getting busy well this is a Santa Claus that likes to get busy. <laughs> He also likes to stand in his workshop, which is full of creepy toys lit in shadows and say the line. And I kid you not, I don't make toys. Not anymore. Like, again, it like there's a sense of like it's trying to aim yeah. for a pathos and a sincerity. Like, and there are moments. Which that- is, which is uh, not something that you, you that, that, that kind of like that these sorts of movies needs to kind of labor over. Or, or do kind of um, uh, uh, that subtly either. No, like, no, like, I, I, they, I, I, it, 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 it works um, in the same way. Kind of these these sorts of movies work, unless there's some thing about it that that means this particular one doesn't. Well, that, that's the thing is that like there are moments in it that like I don't necessarily object to the idea of doing a kind of a gritty, grounded, realistic Santa Claus in terms of like again, you know, these are like but it's not Batman that is, gritty or well, realistic. He, he he makes children's toys because he could never have children with his dead wife. Yeah, he he, he like uh, that's pretty depressing as far as like Christmas origin stories go. It's like and she's been fridge. <laughs> She has become well, quite, the, she's, she's become, become the, the cold snow. Arctic breeze, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, more more to the point though. Like again, and there are moments that kind of come close to working this. Like the moment where the teacher who is cynical and weary, Elva, who's like turned her school into Spelled a fishmonger's. Um, but um, oh yeah, they're, they're, well they're all smelled very creatively. Jesper, for example. But I mean, even things. Yeah, but it, like it's an Irish name, A I L B A G. Um, but yeah, I guess if they had spelt it like that, everybody would have been like, "What?" Elba. Oh, it's a, who's an Elba? Who's an Elba? But anyway, Idris. Alb. 
I do love, by the way, that I, I love that you've implied that the reason why it's spelled that way is because everybody in the village is illiterate. Like the bit where Annalise writes her name on the board, which is actually a moment that actually came closest to making me kind of go, oh, this is actually really sweet. The moment where little Annalise writes her name on the board in chalk and it's squeaking. And she, the animation's superb where she's got a little tongue jutting out and she stands back and she's like, that's my name. And Elva's like, you know, dismissive. She's like, sure it is. And then it's the moment where Elva, El, you know, where sort of Annalise takes in the fact that she has just written her own name for the first time. And that means something in kind of like a really sweet moving way. Yeah. That's really good. That's really powerful and really affecting. But then you cut immediately from that to a sequence of, you know, Jesper and Klaus, you know, being like, oh, we're we're men. This this thing that we're having with the reindeer is fun and we're enjoying it. But, oh, we, we, we got to be serious and somber and we can't really, you know, can't really kind of like acknowledge that. So let's, let's do a thing where we're gruff men and we're like, oh, well, that was just something that happened, wasn't it? Or, and then you cut that's from- the, the uh, tension that's um that's set up throughout throughout this uh this film though that, that's 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 the 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 dramatic tension it, it's not interesting it's not interesting if you if you if you start the movie and it's like all jesper wanted to do was bring joy into the lives of children and like uh thank thank thanks to thanks to klaus Who's looking for a partner to 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 deliver all these toys that 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 he had made? It, it's not a character. I'm not complaining about character motivation. I'm complaining about the film's approach to these things. Because I mean, immediately after that, you get the "Don't mess with the postman" scene, where you know where Jesper stands up to the kid who's like, ah, "Go home, loser," and basically tells him that he won't get any toys if he's bad. Which, you know, is a moment and, you know, that maybe works well of itself. Yeah, but, but that, then, that, then you get the hip hop beat of that's what you get when you mess with the postman. Yeah. And it's just, it, it feel it's too tonally all over the place for me anyway. No, but it, like um, you're, 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 you're not somebody who's, who's as in tune with the hip hop community as I that's am. Fair. This, that's this fair. was legit. <laughs> Representing. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, that, that, that's sort of, that, that's. It's not the, the either extreme that I'm complaining about. It's not like, I think you can do, se- like, Up is a story about an old man who can't conceive a child with his dead wife. Well, well, obviously he can't, but couldn't conceive a child with his dead wife. Um, <laughs> that was what it was about. <laughs> He's trying to conceive a child with his dead wife. And it's very sad <laughs> yeah. because he can't. <laughs> but, you know, like, so, so Up uh. deals with some of the... Was that the sound of him trying, Andrew? But uh, you have the sound. <laughs> Sorry. You have like, so there are animated movies that can do that. So like, it's I can imagine a version of Klaus that would work based around like. I mean, this does do that. Like, it just didn't do it for you. That's fair. That's very yeah. fair. Um, And again, similarly, like there are movies that are playful and hip and self-aware and kind of cheeky, like the Lego movie. And those work for me. But it's it, for me. And again, this is just for me. The issue with Klaus is that it tries to ping pong between those two extremes and so never really settles on what it's doing. It's not that I object to one approach, like, in particular. It's more it's that tonal it's... tonal variety, isn't it? But it's, it's tonal tone variety. Like, is like great, would, to... would, 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 would you... I mean, the Lego movie has a kind of a tone, but I don't know. It, feel, it feels like it would, it, it would perhaps be more interesting if, if, um, if, 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 if it was kind of um, 
capable of 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 at some time being serious because I, and I don't know if it it if it works that well when it when it's when it then um at some point having not being serious throughout kind of then delivers some sort of message um okay. at the end I I I I think um I think some of the kind of uh, somber tone of of Klaus help helps us maybe to to um to carry a, a a message throughout and for it not to feel too kind of tacked on and the stuff about kind of say you 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 introduce the um the the um the horrible kid getting coal um because he said go home this is a, 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 a 2019 um uh, uh, movie. He's he's uh, xenophobia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, we're gonna come they, back and talk about that. By the way, I yeah. actually have a little note section on that. But um, I'm yeah. So if I'm bluffing. No. So so that was that was that was that was that was um kind of at once a lesson of kind of like there are there are there are bad people out there. But it, but it but what it sets up is it sets up the um this idea that i actually didn't haven't uh, hadn't thought about that much um probably in 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 a long time since i was since i was um eligible for christmas presents from santa is the idea of of examining your 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 conscience and telling uh santa whether you'd been a good uh, good boy or not and and i think they that's evolved since they they have um i think elf on the shelf Yes. Who seems to do what Santa does? <laughs> delegated. It's all been delegated. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, it 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 um it's it's like um if um if you don't believe in the in the magic of 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 kind of um Sa- Santa's omniscience, then then we then, then we put like a wooden nanny cam. <laughs> 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 that reports directly back to the North Pole. Yeah. Um, well, that that's the thing about um, the movie, and it's kind of interesting because this kind of brings up something that I found interesting about the movie that I thought might have been kind of explored a bit better than it was. But the movie kind of gets at, inverted commas, the true meaning of Christmas in a way that, and part of me admires this, I just don't think it works tonally, in a way that is arguably surprisingly cynical and glib, which is that, you know, you only be good because you expect that you're going to get presents at the end. Um, which is what Christmas is really about. And to a certain extent, it kind of is. It's, you know, the idea that, you know, you tell children that if they're bad, they won't get presents. And so they behave themselves. Well, it, the, the, it's 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 this idea that like a, an, an act of good um, will is a true selfless act. A true always selfless inspires act another. always inspires another. Do you know, I realized this actually at Christmas in at, at school because I um and it demonstrates as well the 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 kind of tension of wanting to do something good um just for the sake of doing something good and expecting no reward but also feeling um like you deserve a reward because i i, I remember um i think the first year in school I wrote kind of like Christmas cards and gave them to a whole lot of people. Aww. I hope I gave one to you, but <laughs> but I I, I I I I I guess I gave them to a lot of people. I suppose I probably gave them to a lot of crushes, but I also <laughs> kind of want, wanted to 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 give them to um, kind of you know friends of mine and stuff. 
And then I, and I didn't get any. Um, so then the next year I was like, well, I'm not going to send any Christmas cards because I never get any Christmas cards. But of course, that act had inspired people to then um, uh, uh, send Christmas cards the following year. And I got Christmas cards. Aww. I got a lot of Christmas cards having not sent any. <laughs> um and so, so yeah. we went through that cycle yeah yeah exactly so the the you do you do you ought to do it um kind of regardless of um the 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 rewards the that you're going to get um but you will be rewarded so <laughs> <laughs> the paradox that exists there no because i mean and again there, there are parts of this that really work really well like i really like the montage it's like having faith in 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 the good in, in, in no no i have having faith not knowing that it will be rewarded because you can't know the future yeah but have 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 faith in the balance of the universe that if you give good things good things will come, come back yeah. Um. And again, and again, it's worth noting that there are parts of this that I like because I feel like I've been very negative. Like the the sequence during the montage where they pick the berries for the the woman, and she very barely bakes a cake. Uh, sorry, very barely bakes some jam, and yeah. then the woman with the jam very barely makes a cake, and then that through the process over the course of the montage ends up becoming kind of something that's meant more sincerely and more earnestly and more affectionately. That I really like, and that I think gets the message across very very well. The only problem is that the film. And again, this is this is the thing for me where it's not one tone or the other; it's bouncing between them and never quite settles. The bit at the climax of the film it then wants to settle either, though. Yeah, I I, I, I think I think it would it would be quite kind of um, dull and kind of cloying if it, if it were um, the the most kind of um, sincere. Yeah, I, 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 it's more like it's trying to have the best of both worlds for me and kind of falls between the two, if that makes sense. Um, so it's it's like at the, at the climax of the film, right? You have the big moment where the crumbs and the elbows come together. Does it, and it's like we will join in peace. a third leg. <laughs> yeah, it does need a third leg. Third or but <laughs> where the crumbs and the elbows come together and it's like, well, we will have peace to stop this peace. But the moment where Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Crumb, you know, basically kills christmas by getting jesper shipped off and by planning to destroy all the toys and she has this big speech where she's like how long until children go back to the old ways once there are no toys to bribe them with how long until they turn against each other and how long until the grown-ups follow and that that's that's a setup for a story beat where it's revealed that actually the changes in the community that you've wrought have reached such a point that people don't need toys in order to be good anymore, and therefore faith in humanity is restored. But instead, it becomes a yeah, gigantic that, that set was piece. Strange. Yeah, that was really, really strange. Because that set piece then becomes, oh my god, they're going to destroy all the toys, and the toys get pushed over the edge of the cliff. She, Crumb herself, pushes them over the edge of the cliff. And why does she and- care whether, 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 whether she wants people to be bad to each other? Yeah. So she's saying like, oh, people are only being good to each other because they, they want a sweet, uh, they, 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 because they want all these presents. So I want you to stop giving presents to people because I don't want people to be good to each other. It's not that I resent people being good for to each other for that reason and that I have a problem with it because of where it comes from. I have a problem with the whole act of being kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, as 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 it stands on itself yeah but i mean like the, the moment where she pushes it over the edge right so like in a in a film that was maybe more thematically consistent what would happen then is the toys would go over the edge santa and jesper would be like 
well, it's it's all lost. We tried our best. They go back to the workshop and they discover that all the townspeople have started making new toys and that they come together. But instead, the, the movie ends up on a weird twist where it's like, oh, by the way, Klaus totally figured that this was happening. And that whole thing was a decoy chase sequence that had no stakes in it whatsoever because those weren't the real toys. Never mind. Everything is just business as usual. And it, it, again, this is the thing where it feels like the movie is trying to literally have its, you know, berry cake and eat it to a certain extent. Where it doesn't come down on one side or the other anyone's ever said no i i know i'm pushing the metaphor in relation to the film yeah but... it didn't work <laughs> <laughs> thanks andrew i can always count on you to check me but it always it, that, that's that's for me is kind of like the essence of the problem with the film where it refuses to come down on kind of one side or the other to embrace earnestness or cynicism and instead tries to have the best of both so it's like oh well you know they, they may try and destroy christmas but they'll fail which is a perfectly eligible message to have in a Christmas film. But it's also like, oh, but they'll fail because our heroes figured out what they were going to do, and that was just a decoy full of empty boxes, and the real presents are over here, so I guess yeah, Christmas is just going to go as usual. I th- it, it's become like a... Um, it It's a sacred... Com- the commercialization of Christmas is a sacred cow. Yes. And you do not mess with that. You can threaten this. But you can't you can't say like oh Christmas would be fine without all of these kind of um, presents. You can say there is a true meaning to Christmas that is beyond all of these presents. But, but you, the presents are here as well. Yeah, you, can't get you rid of the cannot presents. compromise the presents. <laughs> yeah. Like like the it's not Christmas. Big with, Santa would be all over you. Yeah, yeah, it's not Christmas without these presents. Now there was still there. I mean, it it's not. It's not Christmas either because of the presents, but you can't take them away. <laughs> Christmas presents are still an essential, they are, but not necessarily exclusive, but and most important, but an important part of Christmas. Uh, yeah, yeah, an essential. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and and this is the thing where, and again, this is the thing where the the movie. Again, I would almost like I, stuff like Home Alone. Like yes. it's not enough that his <laughs> family, parents, family are back. Yeah, there's also <laughs> like a whole kind of present thing. Yeah, and Christmas tree and, and all that sort of stuff as well. And again, this is the thing where like part of me would almost like the movie to double down on the cynicism and like commit to it. So like the entire thing where Jesper basically creates an entire economy on the island of Smearsenberg around these presents, where it's like, oh well, we got to send the kids to school so the kids can learn how to write, so the kids can send letters to santa so they can get toys and this will then allow me to get home and this whole cynical process where like which again it's it's a nice metaphor where it's like capitalism only wants you to be educated so you can spend money you can only earn money so you can spend it again and invest it's nice that he's not just trying to 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 get into alva's good favors like when 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 he quits the island it's like oh so you did all that stuff just so you could sleep with me it's like no no i I did it for other selfish reasons. (laughs) (laughs) To be clear, this is just a children's film. (laughs) But yeah, they do sleep together in the movie, though. Well, obviously, they have two kids, right? Yeah, but even before, (laughs) before all of that, and there's never a marriage. I like this. Klaus is much more subversive than it may appear. It's a truly European uh, Christmas film. But like again, I, I admire. Like, <laughs> there's there, there's there's definitely like it, how much swinging do you think happens because of uh, kids being kind? <laughs> Thank and you, Andrew. Clear, image. Clearing out like the snow from from, from people's driveways. driveways. And, yeah. yeah. 
Um, they don't I really delve into I, it that much in the film, but I think I love the the um, <laughs> like put <laughs> pushing an old man on an iceberg. Oh yeah, out sending into, out, to out into the sea. <laughs> And yeah. like put it on on top of it, like they they how horrible the children are. I I found was really like hilarious, and how weird they are. Like well, then and it has and a real the, American gothic and, vibe. To yeah, it, and really the whole thing of like like this this um, stovepipe hats and like dogs that do not look like dogs, which is the, great. The, 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 this like snowman with this like rictus smile, yeah. and uh, they're just kind of creepily pushing carrots into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I mean, the Which animation is brilliant. Is superb. Yeah, the animation's absolutely. No, no, but the, but the, the, I don't know. That's a sense the whole of kind of like yeah. I, I, idea. I, idea of that, and 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 um, um, I I've I found I don't know. I'm 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 interested. To, well, I know you don't like Norm Macdonald anyway, but it, but I but I thought it was nice to see him doing stuff that wasn't. And I've seen him do this before. Hey, the, I, man, the ferryman. Yeah, yeah. The um, uh, was Moger the name of the um. The um, character. We go to the fact machine and check. We can go to the fact machine and check. I should know, but of course, I've written down nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back from the fact machine. The character's name is Mogans. You're right. Ah, I think I said Moger. Mogans. Mogans. Moger to his friends. Yes. Mogo. Mogo. Mogs. But yes, um, no, I, 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 I really, I really enjoyed it. I really found it, found it quite funny. And, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to, 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 to kind of see, um, I mean, the pro the problem with Norm Macdonald is that he's a kind of a, a, um, exists. I think part of his popularity, unfortunately, these days is because he doesn't, um, or maybe fortunately, depending on where you stand, and I think it's more. There's there's maybe a little bit of nuance to it that would be lost in any discussion of it on a podcast. Yeah. Is his kind of uh, position on um, political correctness, I guess, um, and I think that's a, one reason why he will probably not be allowed to do certain things, and it's one reason why there is also probably an audience. Um, for him but what i liked about this was that it was just him being funny um and him showing showing that he can be funny without i guess that um, edge yeah 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 which 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 is not to say that he shouldn't be allowed to kind of uh uh do um, edgy comedy or that comedy shouldn't be allowed to to, yeah exactly but 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 it, it was it was good to just kind of um, see that he could do something quite sort of um, mainstream that's, that kids could watch and not lose any of his kind of funniness, yeah. basically. Yeah, and I, like you've seen him on kind of Conan and stuff doing really kind of old jokes from the 50s that are not even his, but him, 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 him just being a professional funny person. Um, and again, good. it's worth noting, again, part of that larger sort of Netflix entertainment complex. Again, with Rashida Jones, who also pops up here as Elba, who would have done, I think, Hot Girls Wanted for them as well. And you can tell that that's very much how it came together. Apparently, Netflix were, according to Pablo's a joy to work with. They only had one condition when he signed on, which was the movie had to be released for Christmas. 
Um, he was like, well, there's no pushing back on the deadlines, uh, which makes the, the results all the more remarkable. They apparently invented new technology um, in order to properly render the, the kind of shadows and stuff. It's actually called Klaus Light and Shadow, the technology that they use to design those shadows, which give a sense of depth and kind of like that kind of almost put it halfway between something like the Princess and the Frog and maybe something like Despicable Me, because there is a sense of like weight to the various characters in the film as well. Quite literally, Klaus, Klaus who's a very strapping gentlemen yeah um but even even things in terms of apparently netflix would give notes um to to pablos and he he's, he's described as the most surreal experience that he's had where first couple of notes he got from netflix he's like these are actually good ideas i'm going to incorporate them next couple of notes he was like well you know i'm not, i don't really feel particularly strongly about these notes but uh they're clearly important to you so i'll incorporate them and third batch of notes he's like i actually don't think these are good notes at all um and netflix was like fine don't do them and he was like, wait, 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 you're telling me that now. Um, you didn't tell me that when you gave me the other notes. But apparently, yeah, Netflix is like, yeah, it was, it's your movie. You make it how you want. All we are doing is offering suggestions. Well, uh, Pablo's is a bit like yourself, Darren. Like when I give you a note, I'm like, I don't agree. They're like, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Very obliging. Never do it again. Yeah, it will but never. I'll never do it again in a way <laughs> which, will, uh, which will be completely beyond... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no. So it, it is kind of interesting in that respect that apparently, yeah, that Netflix were a joy to, to work with on this and gave. Absolute... You're a joy to work with, oh, Darren, thank, too. Thank you, thank you. So I'm both Netflix and Pablo's in this <laughs> You're relationship. Both Netflix and Pablo's. <laughs> apparently, in this situation as well. Um, in ter- in terms of other stuff, talking about Klaus, um, the the crumbs and the Ellenbo stuff. Did anything? I I really I really enjoyed the the I really enjoyed that. Um. I liked the 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 scene when the battle bell is rang. I found the first I, one is it yeah. when Jasper sort of goes to the middle. Of I the found that scene. hilarious, but even as well when when the battle bell is rung accidentally, and they just start beating each other up entirely pro forma. <laughs> um, and I I enjoyed um uh uh. uh uh was it Lady Crumb or Miss Crumb? Uh, um, played by Joan Cusack. Played by Joan Cusack. Um. I in, 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 enjoyed her as well when she's saying like, "How have I never defeated you?" <laughs> like when she's talking Will Will Sasso's um, Ellingbo. Um, if you like, ask me, who? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one yeah. more person to deal with. Um, yeah, the, the thing which, about which, like it, 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 I, I, I feel like that stuff was undeniably funny. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that like is is this not is this the I know we have different senses of humor, but is this not a movie that you found funny? No, like, I mean, there were parts of that, that I found actually very funny. The, the great, the, I love the kind of history of the feud between the Crumbs and the Ellenbows with the great mooning of 1874, that sort of thing. Like, the, where they're walking through the history and the history is just this, this absurdly kind of petty feud that's been raging between these two families. Yeah, but that they've kind of glorified <laughs> yeah. something that's really yeah. stupid. Yes. Um, and that, that sort of stuff kind of worked relatively well for me. I did wonder if, and again, this is one of those things where maybe Darren's reading too much into into it. What? <laughs> I, I know. Never happens. I know, right? Um, we just had this big discussion about origin stories at the start of the podcast. Uh, but no, the things like... We the, do have to help people fall asleep. We do. We have to ease them in gently. So the crumbs and the, the elbows. And I, I wonder, is this one of those things that you see a lot in modern films where it amounts to... People are so angry these days. People are always shouting at one another these days. Everybody should kind of calm down and just sit down and relax. 
You know, it, it's one of those things that feels very much like, and again, maybe it's a Christmas movie, maybe it fits there. Maybe it's, it's a family movie and a children's movie, so it fits there. Well, but it's a real sort of like, people aren't civil to one another anymore. Well, I, I, I mean, I have, I have to agree to an extent. And it, it's very difficult, actually, to, to, to make this point, because I think, I think in, like, I, um, I know where I stand in the kind of, battle lives of the kind of um uh, 21st century but i have a problem with there being battle, battle lines, lines. All. yeah well like like there there i i believe i believe in the power of argument and i believe in the power of like me kind of accepting that i can be wrong about things yeah. or that there might be a more nuanced position than the one that i've taken that might decide that um I would bite the bullet on on a particular position, and um, that there's no convincing me of otherwise until there's enough uh, weight otherwise. But we don't we don't really engage with each other in a way that we can be uh, convinced, and and we're so kind of like set up to just kind of fight each other. I think the the online community is very um, uh, powerful at kind of breaking the. The mainstream and creating um uh kind of factions yeah. and polarization yeah. like people are more it seems like sorry this is a very kind of this is a discussion of these things from somebody who 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 knows very little about them or has no authority to talk about it but then again i have no this authority to talk about yeah. movies <laughs> and this is a podcast that you're getting for free yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you'll sit there and so, listen <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah b- b- um, groups are more we, we polar- polarized than they than um than than they used to be it used to be that kind of you would have your 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 kind of group of um friends who agreed with you about certain things but disagreed with others so you would mix with people who 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 didn't hold uh your your the exact same core ex- yeah beliefs. your exact same uh, uh core core of beliefs but um now it's becoming more and more kind of um uh polarized i think and people are fighting i don't know if that's what this movie was was kind of getting at but i feel like you you might be suggesting that that's what's kind of wondering when i was watching it because again it's that it's what's the theme it's it's not so and again this is one of those things where again i worry that i've gone the big rolodex in my head where it's like i have an opinion about this thing this seems to be an example of this thing i can apply this opinion but it's even things like say the recent star wars movie which did not make the 250 um it did not make the 250 we can rest easy but even within that you have like a plot point that hinges on the idea that you know everybody's so angry these days everybody should just stop being angry and settle down i mean the the neo-nazis should stop being angry the people who are fighting neo-nazis should stop being so angry why can't we all just get along and calm down and like i don't know i just maybe it's it's because of the way that things are at the moment and everything is so fraught and the extremes are so wild and the kind of like the 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 arguments that are taking place are so fundamental in the sense of you know well, children yeah. in cages and, and the existence of people you know of, of certain you know of certain orientations and identities their their mere existence and their right to exist and stuff like that that I find myself a little bit wary of of kind of you know both sidesism and stuff like that or arguments well, that yeah. like the world will be a better place if we all just calm down and everybody should just stop being angry about things completely you know I mean I say that as somebody who gets very tired of the constant shouting about things that don't matter, like movies, you know, which is what we're talking about now. 
But like, the, you know, I find myself wary every awards season when everybody is shouting about everything from Green Book to Joker to, you know, La La Land, to pick an obvious example. Oh, you're tired. You're tired, Dan. We're tired. Of, uh, listening to you. You, 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 you are so cynical and, 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 and <laughs> disgusts me how you, you even think that you have a right to speak about That's these things. That's a fair things. point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, um... What did you just say? That's a fair <laughs> point. I'm sorry. I'm you really... You are. <laughs> but... I was joking, to be clear. <laughs> like... um, but yeah, no, and again, part of me... You wants... really are in the camp of, like, let's stop shouting at each other. Because as soon as I start okay. being, like, really cruel to you, you're like, you're right. Fair point. I'll back up and go home. <laughs> <laughs> but on, on the side... On the subject of movies, yes, what I completely understand. Was that? <laughs> On the subject of movies, yes, I completely understand that. It's it's more like the fact that you know when you're talking about bigger things, and it's again, it, it, you know, it's trying really hard not to shout into the microphone, <laughs> but still seem like I was shouting at you. Obviously, it works. Um, but yeah, and part of me wonders if like the crumbs and the alambos are kind of that sort of thing, and it, it kind of a way that I don't know I just I find myself a bit wary of that trope uh, in terms of like modern storytelling and in terms of kind of modern films and I suppose maybe it works in terms but of Christmas where Christmas is like well you're going to have people over from your family who may hold different views and but it, you want to sit because I mean one of the things about you know particularly in the states to pick an example is this debate about whether or not having family members who voted a particular way at, at Thanksgiving or Christmas and kind of well, like figuring it, out how to people are already separating for Christmas like say based on really? uh, like veganism like, like separating like actually not eating together well yeah yeah like like okay. it, 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 wow. it um it it depends like how how committed you are I suppose exactly yeah That's yeah fair. like like whether you're 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 gonna so like the the whole idea of um of kind of communities or families kind of splitting over over um uh, pol- pol- political agendas. That's 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 that is it is something very kind of um very real, I guess. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, it's, it's like there's just a kind of a kind of low key civil war. <laughs> that that's the next Marvel movie, by the way. Low yeah, key civil war. Low key. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston is back. Colon civil war. Um, oh, um, worth noting actually. Um, the character of uh, Margu, who's the Sammy girl, the little Sammy yes. girl. Um, she's played by an actor played, and I apologize for this in advance, Neda Marguerite Laba, um, who didn't speak English. The actor didn't actually speak English when she was recording the part. Uh, yeah, which she is... was meant to. <laughs> <laughs> but it arrived on set, not a word. Yeah. Um, we'll but... work around it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make it work out. Well, apparently the character was originally supposed to... in... Uh, he um, said before uh, she was CV, hired yes, yeah. that she had perfect English and could ride horses and <laughs> uh, was was an expert in stage fighting. But um, arrived on set, all and lies, not the case at all. Um, we'll no. just animate it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was really supposed to be a live action movie, but they had to work around it. Um, but no, apparently, like um, Pablo originally wanted um, to use for the character to speak English because she's meant to be the conscience of the movie and she's this vehicle for Jesper to have this realization that, you know, Christmas, you know, actually matters and that his friendship with Klaus matters and that what he's doing is actually important. But Pablo eventually settled on the idea that actually as a Sammy, it didn't matter 
that it was actually better for her to communicate with Jesper again. And this is one of the things about animation through expressions, through gestures um, and through kind of like just the, the symbolism of this wide eyed, beautifully innocent child who's coming to you and kind of wants your help and kind of how that speaks to something primal inside yourself. Um, and what he actually did was he did. He hired a Sami actor for the role um, and she couldn't speak a word of English. So apparently with the help of both a translator and in his own description through mime, managed to get the performance that he wanted out of her. I kind of love the idea that nobody bothered to check the dialogue she actually recorded. Um, and she's just like, what is this man? What do you want me to say into the mic? What, what What's going on here? What my juice box? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I did, I did it's the- It's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was very, very cute. And I thought the character of Margu was actually very, very effective as well in terms of, again, that level of earnestness that maybe, again, it's, it's those two extremes. It's like, you can have the earnestness or you can have the cynicism. I'm not sure you can bounce between both as, as radically as they do. But I think that Margot is one of the innocent or kind of like, you know, earnest parts of the movies that works relatively well. Yeah. Because um, she's animated beautifully with her big eyes. The film hits those emotional beats where you do, you have Jesper kind of, again, Jesper through the art of projection working through his own issues with her as well, which is, is very clever. I thought that worked relatively well. Yeah. Um, it, 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 like... I'd say probably at the end of the movie, Jesper is probably not that great, but he's like slightly better. <laughs> than he was. Um, Jason Schwartzman um, is actually quite yeah, good in the role. Yeah, he, he, he plays this perfectly. Like you can imagine <laughs> kind of... The, the Wes Anderson He's very much, a, uh, very much a Jason Schwartzman character. Absolutely. Apparently he came up, he, he showed up. Apparently, um, again, Pablo's has talked, and maybe this is a result of the production crunch they're working on because they have to hit that deadline. His, his argument was that like, you can't postpone a Christmas movie because what are you going to do? Release it in March? Um, so apparently very tight deadline. But he said that having Schwartzman and in particular Rashida Jones, because Rashida Jones has written, she wrote like Nosedive for Black Mirror, for example. Having them both um, working on the film actually helped shape and inform the characters and the arcs of the film as they unfolded. Schwartzman apparently actually came in with a presentation on his first day of work. He had clips and he was like, I can play it like this or I can play it like this. Which one do you want? Uh, which More is like good. this. Is this better? Yeah. <laughs> Left or right? Left or right? Jason Schwartzman holding up two phones. They just both seem like Jason Schwartzman <laughs> to me. I don't know. Um, yeah. um, also worth noting, the drill sergeant in the opening scene is actually played by J.K. Simmons as well. Oh, um, wow. Which is quite nice. Um, I'm very disappointed that he doesn't get to say, not my tempo. Um, but um, is there anything else we want to talk about? Anything that we haven't discussed already with regards to Klaus? No, no, I'm, 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 um, I'm happy enough. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure there are things. Um, but no, no, I, um, I have nothing written down, and my mind is a blank. <laughs> Perfect. All right then. So, uh, before we Put finish, yourself, Darren. <laughs> no, I get the sense whenever you say anything else, <laughs> that that you're like, okay, let's wrap this up. <laughs> no, 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 uh, that's... no, but that you certainly don't have anything more to add. Um... Actually, that is not true. <laughs> We've sometimes said something kind of like, oh yeah, I like the, um, I like the, I like that prop, and you were like. Yeah, it was very interesting. <laughs> and then we talk for half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, There have been moments where we've got anything more to talk about one hour into a three-hour <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the Irishman was a very unique experience. Um, but yes, so uh, what we normally do at the end of the podcast is we offer recommendations for listeners. Right. So is there anything that you'd like to recommend for listeners? Anything that you're enjoying at the moment that you'd like to point them towards? Um, This is coming out on Sunday, right? Yes. If you are in 
the um <laughs> sorry if you know if if, if you're aware of cinemas <laughs> um, and, and the concept of them. yeah and if they're if they're showing knives out i um i don't know if i like it or not <laughs> and you'll have to wait to find out but maybe think about going to see it <laughs> I would second that recommendation. And I do admire that we're keeping. Is it kayfabe? Is that what we're calling K-fabe? it? Kayfabe? Kayfabe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yes, uh, I would also recommend Knives Out. It's still in cinemas, which is great. It's yeah, yeah. You, like I'd write, I like to recommend it while it's in cinemas. Yes. So, um, um, and I've seen it a couple of times with audiences, and it is a joy. It's an absolute joy from beginning to end. Not to spoil my position on it for the podcast. That well, some people don't like it. That's the thing. Like, like this is a 250 podcast. So it's very much kind of like consensus driven. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but but the the um it um it does it, yeah sorry it it's it it's no it's majority driven but th- there is no consensus there is never any consensus anymore no. uh welcome to twenty first century so some people have, some people have not liked it which is kind of surprised <laughs> me when I went to see it and I was like, kind of wondering. Who could possibly not like this? What yeah. sort of monster maybe would you we'll, have to be? Maybe we'll find out, listeners. <laughs> um, all right, then. In terms of recommendations for myself, again, we're we're reaching the end of Christmas, so it would feel trillish of me to recommend movies like, say, The Nightmare Before Christmas, directed by Henry Selleck, or even, say, uh, The Muppet Christmas Carol, both of which I rewatched over Christmas and both of which are fantastic. Think of them as early 2020 Christmas recommendations. If you are looking for something on Netflix to watch that is animated, um, shortly after they released Klaus, they released I Lost My Body. Uh, which I would wholeheartedly recommend. It is a French animated film. Uh, it's dubbed with Alia Shawcat and uh, Deb Patel. It is the story of a dismembered hand which makes its way through Paris trying to reunite with the body from which it was separated. It is a surprisingly... It's an origin story? It's an origin... <laughs> it's an origin an story or a conclusion story of the thing. Yeah, Cousin <laughs> yeah. it, isn't it? No, it is the hair. Thing is the hand, right? Thing is the hand. Thing is the it hand. It is the hair. Yeah. <laughs> One of them was played by Snoop Dogg. Um, really? Yeah, in, in the recent animated film. Um, the hand. <laughs> obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I would wholeheartedly recommend that. It, it's kind of, it's a very affecting, very moving, very interesting way of looking at the world because it often looks at the world through the perspective of your hand and your hand has been up to some very interesting things. Um, Mine. <laughs> it's been everywhere you want to be. Um, but yes. Your hand being everywhere it wants to be, Darren. <laughs> Find out next week. Um, but yes, so um, I'd t- also recommend a favorite. Actually, yes. I, 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 it, it took me a year to see it, and I finally did, and it's great. In terms of Oscar nominees from last year, was it your favorite? Um, what were the others? <laughs> it's been that long. It hasn't been a, a, a great year. Didn't Green Book win or yes, it got Green nominated? Book won. Roma won? was nominated. A Star Roma. is Born was nominated. I know you love the yeah. Star is Born. No, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I know, Andrew. Yeah. That's why I said it's sarcastic. It was a bad year um, for kind of um, the Academy of um, Motion Art. Picture Arts Art and, and Science. Sciences. <laughs> Yeah, Did we good. say that? Yeah. <laughs> um, Ampus, if you will. Yeah. Um, it was it was a bad year, and the the fa- fact that there was like kind of um, you know stuff like uh, anyway. Sorry. Um, I a uh, very different movie to Roma, and it it would it would kind of like like uh, La La Land and Moonlight. I would say kind of um, Roma was a better movie, but favorite was probably my favorite movie. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and it actually just, it's funny you should mention again last year's uh, Oscar nominees because we have a very busy season coming up. Last year, we actually didn't have that many new entries on the podcast. It was great. We actually got through a large back kind of catalogue of movies that we didn't want to cover for a while. And we kind of covered some of the permanent movies on the list. However, we kind of paid for it over Christmas because there has been a deluge of new yeah, movies coming. We're back this. to doing pointless uh, entries. <laughs> it's <laughs> on, just on, it on, on hit movies on that people are hit watching. Movies. Yeah, we'll be. I, are, are we going to be uh, covering movies that that are no longer on the two fifty as part of this? Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. we are. Um, so in the next couple of weeks, you can look forward to uh, a couple of new entries, including films like, say, Parasite, for example. Uh, Knives Out will be covering as well in the coming weeks. But next week, listeners, do we have a treat? for you next week we'll be discussing one of the most buzzed about christmas releases of the past year it is a smash hit from uh, an oscar-winning director tom Ho- tom hooper it is an adaptation of a beloved and mo- one of the most successful stage plays and musicals ever constructed it is a cgi spectacle um it has garnered reviews where critics have kind of struggled to articulate and put into words just how much this film affected them so next week we'll be joined by the wonderful jen gannon phil bagnell and Luke Dunn to discuss Tom Hooper's Cats. Cats. Now and forever. Yeah. Memories. <laughs> um, I, I, I feel like I probably need to do a, a, a Yeah. So, like, we're, we're, pre- prepare myself coach. mentally. Yeah. And and vocally, yeah, for 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 that, I'm going I'm going to reserve my opinion until I've seen the movie. But um, that's your homework for the week. Like, uh, just imagine what it's Catch like it to can. be me. Yeah, catch um, it if you can. And and you're forced forced to watch movies you you don't necessarily want to watch. I mean, I think you can admire it for its imperfections. It's, uh, I I hope those sorts of terrible puns don't feature in the movie. <laughs> We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.